This is a Kansas Memory, the Kansas State Historical Society Library and Archives podcast, featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in our collection. The territorial era of Kansas history, 1854 to 1861, was dominated by the issue of slavery. Would Kansas enter the Union as a free or slave state? Because federal laws applied in Kansas during this period, it was legal to have slaves in the territory. In Kansas, as in the rest of the United States, slaves were viewed as property that could be bought and sold, or stolen by others. This podcast will feature documents related to slavery from the Bleeding Kansas era. We will share excerpts from A Territorial Law Regulating Slavery, A Bill of Sale for a Slave, and portions of a reminiscence by a slave in Kansas describing his relationship with his owner and his life during and after slavery. On August 14, 1855, the Kansas Territorial Legislature passed a law titled An Act to Punish Offenses Against Slave Property that took effect a month later on September 15th. Penalties were established for inciting slave rebellions or stealing or aiding escaped slaves. A section near the end of the law was aimed specifically at any of the activities of Free State supporters. That portion of the law limited their freedom of speech, thus contradicting the U.S. Constitution. Selected sections from this law follow. An Act to Punish Offenses Against Slave Property Section 1. Be it enacted by the Governor and Legislative Assembly of the Territory of Kansas that every person, bound or free, who shall be convicted of actually raising a rebellion or insurrection of slaves, free Negroes or mulattoes in this territory shall suffer death. Section 2. Every free person who shall aid or assist in any rebellion or insurrection of slaves, free Negroes or mulattoes, or shall furnish arms or do any overt act in furtherance of any such rebellion or insurrection, shall suffer death. Section 4. If any person shall entice, decoy, or carry out of this territory any slave belonging to another with intent to deprive the owner thereof of the services of such slave, or with intent to effect or procure the freedom of such slave, he shall be adjudged guilty of grand larceny, and on conviction thereof shall suffer death, or be imprisoned at hard labor for not less than ten years. Section 9. If any person shall resist any officer while attempting to arrest any slave that may have escaped from the service of his master or owner, or shall rescue such slave when in custody of any officer or other person, or shall entice, persuade, aid, or assist such slave to escape from the custody of any officer or other person who may have such slave in custody, whether such slave has escaped from the service of his master or owner in this territory, or in any other state or territory, the person so offending shall be guilty of felony and punished by imprisonment at hard labor for a term of not less than two years. Section 12. If any free person, by speaking or by writing, assert or maintain that persons have not the right to hold slaves in this territory, or shall introduce into this territory, print, publish, write, circulate, or caused to be introduced into this territory, written, printed, published, or circulated in this territory, any book, paper, magazine, pamphlet, or circular, containing any denial of the right of persons to hold slaves in this territory, such persons shall be deemed guilty of felony and punished by imprisonment at hard labor for a term of not less than two years. This act to take effect 
and be in force from and after the 15th day of September, A.D. 1855, J.H. Stringfellow, Speaker of the House, attest J.M. Lyle, Clerk, Thomas Johnson, President of the Council, attest J.A. Haldeman, Clerk. The next item uses the standard language of a bill of sale for property, but it is for the sale of an African-American woman. Received of Thomas Johnson $800 in full payment for a Negro girl named Martha of a black complexion aged about 15 years. The above described Negro girl I warrant sound in body and mind and a slave for life and free from all claims. Westport, Missouri, May 26, 1856. David Berger. Thomas Johnson was a Methodist missionary to the Shawnee Indians and was involved in founding the Shawnee Methodist Indian Mission in Johnson County, now a state historic site. He was born in Virginia, and during his early years in Kansas, he owned several slaves. It is extremely difficult to find documents written by slaves. However, slave reminiscences recorded by others provide important glimpses into the lives of African Americans. This reminiscence from Marcus Lindsay Freeman was recorded by Franklin Adams or his daughter Zoo, early employees of the Kansas State Historical Society. My name is Marcus Lindsay Freeman. I was born in the year 1836 on the farm of George Bain in Sherba County, Kentucky, 25 miles above Louisville, between that town and near Simpsonsville. He was my owner and gave me to his grandson, Thomas, when we were both babies. Thomas was three months older than I. His mother, having died at his birth, he was given to my mother to raise. We grew up together just as if we had been two little puppies. When he was big enough to eat at the table, he used to leave lots of vittles on his plate and some coffee in his cup and bring it out for me to eat, for we slaves did not get such good things as were served at the white table. He thought a great deal of me, and once, when his stepbrother licked me, he nearly cut him to pieces with a barlow knife. Mr. Alexander Bain, my owner's father, came to Missouri with his slaves and bought a big farm about three miles from Westport and five miles from Kansas City. After living on the farm for some time, Thomas Bain brought us up to his farm near Williamstown, Jefferson County, Kansas Territory, where he located in the autumn of 1854. He took up a claim there of 160 acres and bought other land. He bought up from Missouri my sister Charity and myself and my cousin Phil in Edwards in the spring of 1855. I stayed for a few months and then with his permission went back to Kansas City and married and rented my time for $200 a year for seven years until I was emancipated. Mr. Bain gave me a pass which between Missouri and his farm in Kansas. I was working in the printing office for Van Horn and A. Bill on the Kansas City Journal at the time of the firing on Sumter and worked the press when they were getting out the extras for the occasion. I remember the excitement well.
Sister Charity married Robert Skaggs while in Jefferson County. And when Jimmy Skaggs, his owner, took his slaves back to Texas about December 1860, Charity went with her husband. Mr. Bang, thinking it would be the safest way of keeping her and not liking to divide the family. They stayed in the South about nine years, and then Robert and Charity returned to Jefferson County and rented some land of Thomas Bang for a year or two. When he bought 50 acres of land, 10 acres of timber, 40 acres prairie in Douglas County, just across the line from Shawnee, about a couple of miles northeast of Big Springs. They still lived on the farm, have a good many horses, cows, chickens, pigs, etc. Charity had belonged to Will Bain, Thomas's stepbrother, and he left her on his brother's farm when he went to California in the 1850s. Fielding Edwards, my cousin, now lives at the head of Jackson Street, North Topeka, a little west of the mouth of the soldier. He owns 14 acres of land and runs a truck garden. Thomas Bain lives at Williamstown. He was offered at one time $1,800 for me. Mr. Bain was kind to his slaves. He would buy clothes for himself and me off the same pieces of good. I took my name from my father's name as soon as I was free. He was a slave belonging to Mrs. Lamb Orders. My mother's name was Henrietta. He was the property of Alexander Bain. When the colored refugees came over into Kansas during the war, many of them came up the river as far as Lawrence. They was destitute. Mr. Bain assisted them in many ways. He invited them to come out to his woodland and carry in all the wood they needed for fuel, free of cost. In Kansas Territory, the volatile mix of abolitionists and slave owners living side by side created tensions that soon erupted into violence. The escalating conflict in Kansas fueled the national debate about whether slaves were people or property and foreshadowed the coming war. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society Library and Archives podcast. The documents used in this podcast are part of Territorial Kansas Online, a virtual repository of primary sources from the Bleeding Kansas era. The URL for the website is www.territorialkansasonline.org. Thank you.